ESPN 97.5 and 92.5 proudly present The Killer Bees. Definitely fan of The Killer Bees. Don't sweat the technique. Coming to you live from the Mobile Veritex Community Bank Studios from East River 9. Here now are The Killer Bees, Jill Blank and Jeremy Branham. Oh, hell yeah. You about to get all stung up. He's Blank. I'm Branham. We're live at East River 9 ahead of uh, their birthday party tomorrow. Live music 4 to 10 tomorrow here. Golf tournament, open play, pickleball to celebrate the first year of East River 9. Also, Granado's going to be out of Valencia's on Sunday yeah. starting at 1130, handing out free Coors Lights. So if you're still looking for a spot to watch uh, Texans Bengals on Sunday, uh, that's the spot you're going to want to watch. 713-780-ESPN. Um, Texans Bengals on Sunday. Texans have nine players out. Bengals have Hubbard out. They have Higgins out. Looks like Chase is going to try to give it a go. Looks like he's going to play. Um, what is your gut feel for this one as we get set to enter the weekend and here in an hour? My gut feel has been influenced even more by the guys that are going to be out this week for the Texans. I mean, even full strength, the Texans got their hands full with a team that's as talented as the Bengals the way they're playing right now. But it's not really a trade-off when you say, well, you lose Higgins and you lose one of their defensive linemen. But you talk about nine guys, of which some are really significant for this this football team. I, I think the deck is stacked against the Texans. I, I, I want them to be in this game in the fourth quarter. I want them to keep it close. But I think that is my best-case scenario. Um, even if they get beat by a significant margin, I'm not going to lose a lot of faith in the Houston Texans because of how many guys are out. But I think that it's an uphill climb for, if, they, if anybody thinks they're going to win this football game. This is a house's money game for me. Uh, no one really expects you to win. You're a six-and-a-half-point dog. You have all of these injuries. Uh, this is a game that no one's expecting you to win. Like, yeah, they would like you to put up a showing. Yeah, there, it certainly changes the perception about your team if you do win. But it's not one that anyone expects you to win. A house money game. Uh, so, and I don't really feel good about it. Like, everything that the Cincinnati's been playing really, really good. Yep. I think they've won four in a row or four of their last five. The Texans are coming off a huge emotional game, come-from-behind game. You get the win at the buzzer, basically a walk-off win or very close to a walk-off win. It's just like you kind of have an emotional letdown after games like that sometimes, but you're also doing it against a really good team and on the road. Uh, the Texans, like, we're, we're, we're pretty bullish about where the Texans are, especially year one D'Amico, year one C.J. Stroud. I would say one of their biggest weaknesses is they have been inconsistent. Like, they haven't been able to stack, like, these types of games together. Uh, look who they lost to before the Tampa game. They lost Carolina. to Carolina, who looks awful. So all of those variables, plus the injuries, this isn't a game that I really have very good feelings about. I, I could see Cincinnati kind of handing it to the Texans and letting everybody else know, hey, we're Cincinnati, we're still a championship contender, you're the Houston Texans, you're an upstart, but you're still a team that's still chasing us and chasing us uh, by a lot. So I, I don't really have a good feeling about the Texans I, Sunday in Ohio. Yeah, I think we're on the same page. I think the biggest thing for me is it's, it's a can't-lose situation unless you get embarrassed, and I don't see that them getting embarrassed with the coaching staff and, and knowing this team versus the last several years. But other than that, I don't think anybody's – this is one of those games that from the start we saw the schedule, and even as we were talking about it in the last several weeks with the success that the team has had, saying we, if there's a signature win still to be had, it starts with this one right here because it's the best team left on the schedule, and this team has Super Bowl aspirations. Mm-hmm. Now you factor in the fact they got off to a slow start. Burrow was hurt. They're trying to gain ground every single week, and they're hot, and they're beating good teams, and they're playing at their best football of the season at a time when you're wounded. That's not a good recipe for success. If they win, everybody 
can just keep tenfolding their their love and excitement for this team. If they lose, but it's somewhat it, it, at least somewhat close, and it's close, no one's going to lose any sleep. If they get their doors blown off, yeah, there's going to be some people that have some concern. But we had it written down as a loss from the start of the season to even two weeks ago, thinking that that's just how good Cincinnati is. It's no reflection of how the Texans are. Yep. Add in the injuries. It's not, it's not a scenario that's in your favor. Even if they lose by 20, it's not really going to change how I feel about the Texans a whole Me lot. Either. Because I do feel like this is an emotional letdown game because of the injuries, because I think Cincinnati's the top three team in the AFC. Uh, now, I will say to, to your point, on the other side, like if the Texans go into Cincinnati with all these injuries, Bengals are rolling. We, we've talked a lot about the Texans. Are they a playoff team? Aren't they a playoff team? You know, are they a playoff roster? I don't quite think they're a playoff roster yet, but because of their schedule, I think they can be a playoff team, if that makes any sense. If you go into Cincinnati with all of these injuries and somehow you come away with a win, and I don't care how you do it. Right. I don't care if it's 13-10. to 10, I don't care if it's 38-35. I don't care if it's 48-45. If somehow you go into Cincinnati with all the injuries in a week where Branham is expecting a letdown, uh, whenever the Texans have struggled with consistency, you go into Cincinnati and you win that game, yeah, the Houston Texans are, are a playoff team. No doubt about it. I mean, by any means necessary, if they come out with a W, it should be, everybody should be, all on board with all the excitement level and all the the happiness in the world being proud as can be that that's your squad because like i said the deck is stacked against you but that doesn't mean that they can't do this this is the nfl and week to week anything can happen but because you're also on the road and you're looking at that injury list yeah it's it's a tough scenario to see the texans coming out with that w yeah this texan injury list is one of the most i guess most out guys I've seen ahead of a Sunday for the Texans, maybe ever. Like Andrew Beck, Nico Collins, Kaimi Fairbairn, Jake Hansen, Brevin Jordan, Damian Pierce, Henry Toa Jimmy Ward are all out. And that's not even counting the IR guys who have been out for a while. Uh, Steven Nelson's questionable, which would be pretty big if Steven Nelson and Stingley both can play. Say, yeah, and they don't have Higgins. And your safeties are, are, are dinged up. Yeah, Petrie's the only one that's okay. After that, yeah, you going straight. I guess that that uh, I forget the, the guy hyphen, they signed a couple weeks ago. Houston guy, where they signed a couple weeks ago, is hyphenated Houston. And he hurt his shoulder. DeAndre, DeAndre uh, hyphenated Houston. Houston Carter. Houston Carter. Carter. There you go. Hyphenated Houston. Yeah. Former Bear. Yeah, he probably he's probably going to start. But he led with his shoulder and he got knocked out too. No, that was Stewart. Yeah, oh, that that's was, right. That's yeah, right. That's was, right. And it was like it was like Ward goes down. Next play. Like next player, two plays later, he leaves with his shoulder. And Stewart's gotten hurt like every time they've needed him. I know this season. Like a week, whenever Petrie got hurt. He got hurt the same game, too. DeAndre Houston Carson. What did you say? Carter. You said Carter Houston. No, I said Houston Houston Carson. Oh, okay. That's pretty close. I'm going to give you that one. It's like on the money. I'll give you that one. That's a gimme there. That's within the leather. Yeah, that's that's a gimme. That's within the leather. We'll give you that one. Good to know. Yeah, but they they have tons. Better than Barry Warner. Tons of injuries. uh, Oso says, how many points do the Texans need to score to realistically have a shot at the Bengals? 30-plus, question mark? 28. I would say 30-plus. I do, like, as much as I don't think feel good about this Texans game at all Sunday, emotional letdown, really good team, blah, 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 blah. The defense for Cincinnati's gettable, and yeah. I think that they're gettable in what C.J. Stroud is good at. Like, since he's good at getting to the quarterback, you know, Hendrickson's a good football player. They're probably going to blitz a little bit. Stroud's good against that stuff. Their secondary, I don't think their secondary is very good. Their I can see C.J. Stroud having another good game. Their safeties can come up and deliver. They've completely rebuilt their safeties, they though. Like, Bates is gone. The yep. other dude, I forget who it was, he's gone. Like, they have two new safeties. Their secondary, I think, is gettable. But I think their corners are. But I think that, you know, 
it, it, it depends too, right? I think that if Cincinnati comes out flinging it all over the football field, then it, it's a dangerous scenario where you got to score a ton of points. If they know that Joe Mixon's able, capable of getting yards, and it goes back to the discussion we had the other day when I said, I think the over-under is 75, and I think Mixon's going to go for over 75. If Mixon gets 75 to 100 yards, they might be ball-controlling it to where you don't have to score as much. But, again, it's still the key guys that you need, even to pull off what Stroud can, is capable of doing if it's playing to his strengths, are, are diminished when you think about Robert Woods being questionable, when you think about the fact that Nico's out, and, and that Cincinnati has other guys they can key on more. They'll key more on Schultz and Tank and say, I dare you to, to use Mechie and Noah Brown and guys like that. I mean, Brown just had a really good game. He did, and, but, you know, 75 was on one play. Right, but also Stroud's pretty good at, at picking apart, like, that play specifically and where the target should be on that play. Like, he's not dependent on one guy. No. He spreads it around. He takes advantage of, like, what that particular defense is telling him on that particular play. I do think it's pretty important for Woods to play, though, because Nico's out. Yeah, because like, I think one guy's fine. I think you can overcome one guy, but overcoming two I do think is too much. When you don't have a wide receiver one, but you've got four guys capable – that all can be dangerous, that's one thing. When you take away two of the guys that are dangerous along with you know the other guys that are in your arsenal, yeah. I think you're limiting yourself to where they can, can be controlled more by the defense. You and I disagree a little bit on like the wide receiver one in terms of the necessity for the Texans to have it long-term. They, they don't have that now, but long-term, like, do they need it? What do you, you think is more important, a wide receiver one or a legitimate running back who can scare people? I think for balance, you need a good running game. So I think yeah, it's the running bad. back first. I think you can find, and year to year, we see it over and over again, that through free agency and or the draft, there are plenty of potential wide receiver ones out there. And, and as much as everybody's saying that it's a diminished value on running back and you can find them anywhere and everywhere, it's also one you've got to find that fits your system, that's capable of like doing some of the things, especially in this offense, catching the football, doing some of the things that are more expected than maybe other systems that you got to get the right fit, and I think that they need a guy that's the right fit that can run between the tackles. And not only that, too, but, like, like you think about this offense and the aerial attack, because that is the strength of this offense, and you, you see Stroud you know, picking guys apart, whether it's an out route here or a post route here or a corner route here. There's a lot of times whenever teams are dropping everybody into zone coverage against Stroud where if you have a check down guy on a second down and seven that's electric that can turn five yards into 15 yards – I think that that type of running back helps a ton in the passing attack. And, yeah, desperately right now you need a running attack too. So I, I do think it's more important this offseason for the Texans to get a dynamic running back than, than like, a top receiver. Now, you can kind of find those guys sometimes in the mid-rounds. Like, I, yeah. if you can find an A-chan in the third round, like the Dolphins found an A-chan in the third round, that would be unbelievable. I think I also think it's, it's wise for them to consider bringing Singletary back if you find the guy that can go between the tackles because I think that Singletary is better suited to be a guy that gets to the edge and, and can get you yards, get maybe not 5 into 15, but 5 into 10, and, and he can get extra yardage when you get him on the edge and he doesn't have to try and fight his way through the, 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 the defensive line. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know if Singletary is back next year, though. I think, I think another team's going to overpay him, quite possibly, as their complimentary back. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be probably one of the so. cheapest running backs in the offseason He next was year. this past offseason, too. He I mean, was this past offseason, but I think he's shown that he's got plenty left in the tank. I, mean, I think his stock went down, though. Do you? Yeah. Well, so he's he also like 800 yards last year. He's also just like, he, he's at best the probably 10th, 8th best running back in free agency. I mean, you got Derrick Henry, Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, Tony Eckler's Pollard, too. Austin Eckler, yeah, DeAndre Swift. 
Like, yeah, I think if you get him to come Woo-hoo. back on the cheap and he knows your I, offense, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think know. he's a fine complimentary back. I, I think Singletary's done. I don't think he's a Texan next year. Because <laughs> no, okay. you already have Damian Pierce. Like, I just Pierce, want Saquon. That's true. Pierce isn't going anywhere. Pierce is on the cheap rookie deal. Four four six eight. What does Tank Dell have to do to be receiver one? Just keep being Tank. Take steroids and also, like, get taller. I think I think he why, can. Why, why, why does he have to be tall to be wide receiver one? A little taller. I, I'm, I'm probably well, he, nitpicking that. Well, but I think do that. he has to be more physical. <laughs> he has, I, I think to be a wide receiver one, the durability factor, the, the yards after catch, you have to be a guy. <laughs> I know Tyreek Hill has, has done great things trying to escape getting hit. Tank's pretty good yak, though. And he is. But the best thing he is is he's elusive at being able to avoid a hit and get down. But I just feel like for a wide receiver one these days, you got to have a little bit more physicality than Tank. And it's not to say that he can't get stronger. The question is, when he gets stronger, if he gets bigger, does it slow him down? Who's, uh, who's Miami's wide receiver one, then? I'm saying it's Tyree. Well, it's, it's, it's Hill and Waddle. And they're, not, they're not physical and big. Uh, bigger. I'll be honest. I don't think, I think he can you, be like you, a one. You'd be surprised one. if you stand next to Tyree Kill, right? He's not I mean, tall, he's, but he's, he's, he's pretty jacked. He's thick, right? I don't he, think Tank is that. No, he, Tank's not thick. But in terms of, like, whenever I think wide receiver one, I'm not thinking, like, a physical specimen or you have to cross off, like, these certain check boxes to, like, be a certain size. To me, I look at production. Like, Antonio Brown was small. It, he was a wide receiver one. Yeah. Antonio, oh, Antonio Brown. I was I was thinking about Des. I, I think more for like for Tank to be a wide receiver one, like it's just gonna be the can he consistently do this all the time? Like one thing we've seen with the Dolphins, like they're a good example, Tyreek and Waddle, is that when teams have gotten physical on them, the Dolphins off Dolphins offense has completely fall, fallen apart. The rhythm gets thrown so off. So it's too. like it's like what does that look like if people start pressing tank more? I'm just curious. Yeah. Well, I, feel like I mean you, that's why they motion him. Like yeah. you know what, Jeremy, receiver, you can't really get off you I mean you you're that's why I, mean, they I do love it a lot tank. Of times. I think he's gonna be a really good I wide love receiver. Tank too. He's gonna be I think one of those like can't miss fantasy football guys every single year going forward that you're gonna want him on your roster. And, like, I think he's a very high-end wide receiver, I think too. he's a Deshaun Jackson. Like, Deshaun Jackson had years where, like, that's wide receiver one production, but you're never looking at him as, like, this is the best receiver in the NFL. Like, it's going to be more production than prototype for Tank, but I also don't think that the Houston Texans offense is ever going to be the type of offense where, like, we got to have Jerry Rice. Like, I think it's going to be more C.J. Stroud, spread it out to a bunch of different guys. Yeah, I think you're right, because I think it, a lot depends on the guys around him that are on the same squad, because he could be the wide receiver one just in terms of total statistics. But, you know, he might not be the guy that every single week is the guy you go to because there's two different kinds of wide receiver ones, right? There's the Jamar Chases, the Devontae Adams, the bigger, high-pointing, physical receivers. And then there's the guys like you're, you're talking about that don't have to be big and strong and physical like Tyreek Hill and some of the guys that get into space and then get really, really dangerous. Yeah, I think we see more of that now because of the way the NFL's the NFL passing, like yeah. 20 years ago, Tank would have been in the league. Uh, 713-780-ESP. We're going to move Car Wreck of the Day, which is mean text, uh, up 30 minutes today. Uh, Texas A&M fighting basketball, fighting Texas A&M Aggie basketball. I'm struggling with that. Fighting Aggie basketball is go. coming up at uh, 530, but we're going to finish the show on 92.5. Well, the boys are going to finish the show on 92.5. So we're going to do mean text, our Car Wreck of the Day, presented by CarWreckTexas.com when we come back. Killer Bees live from East River 9 on ESPN 97.5, ESPN 92.5. ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. Dude. Like I told my last wife, I says, honey, I never drive faster than I can see. Besides that, it's all in the reflexes. (laughs) 
You all right? <laughs> My leg's broken. The oh, ball's coming through. Let me see. you brick. Where's my fucking money? This is the Car Wreck of the Day brought to you by CarWreckTexas.com. We got a bunch of doozies today. He's blank. I'm Brandon. Joe's across the table. We're at East River Nine, where tomorrow is their one year birthday. Live music from 4 to 10, golf tournament, open play pickleball to celebrate. Great spot to watch college football. Great food, great drinks, great times here at East River 9. Also, Granada's going to be out at Valencia's on Sunday, handing out free Coors Lights. Make sure you swing by, watch Texans Bengals, get free beer as you watch Texans Bengals at Valencia's Tex-Mex Garage. All right, we had a bunch of mean texts this week. A lot of mean texts this week. I've noticed that whenever one of us is out, I was going to say, I'm the, sure uh, I'm going to get the some. keyboard warriors go to town. <laughs> whether it's me, whether it's you, keyboard warriors like to go to town when the other one's gone because, like, they I guess they think they're never going to see it. I, I think there's a bunch of bunch of cowards. Yeah. Oh, there's no that problem for sure. It goes yeah, back to what Barkley sure. said. I mean, it's it's the cowardly keyboard warriors that, as long as they can keep anonymity and stay in their mom's basement and, and never know people never know anything about them, they feel the toughest guy on the planet. Yeah, but we keep them coming though because you fill out our mean text segment each and every Friday. <laughs> And I love that. I so we got to keep that it. coming. You don't like it? No, it's annoying. <laughs> What's annoying about because it? Because it's po- empowering the coward. Well, you're really going to love this one. I'm sure. Uh, this week. Uh, first one's Dre. We had Arlington Alcohol the other day who was very mean. Um, and Dr. Dre kind of put Arlington Al in check with a little bit more of his meanness. Typical dumbass cowboy fan. There you go. That's how we're starting it. Dr. Dre, they're... Cowboys killing their own when Dr. Dre said that to Arlington Al. Uh, during Arlington Al's call, this guy texted in, said, that dude makes all Cowboy fans look dumb. I would take 30 of the 32 quarterbacks over Dakota Prescott, hmm. which is probably a reach. 29. I mean, we're not taking Yeah, 29. It's in the 20s. It's not 30 of 32, though. 30 of 32 is way too much. Yeah. Right, guys? Yeah, part of the problem right? is, right? would you take either quarterback from last night over Dak? No. No, I'm, I mean, we give it Dak. I mean, Dak's top ten ish. I know He's, he is top ten ish. That it's segment got out of hand. That segment was awesome. Uh, D'Amico's on Twitch earlier. Whenever Joe was sleeping a lot this Sunday, he said on the Twitch, he "said I smell a divorce in someone's future." Damn. Yeah, he said. I don't he thinks, think so. But he thinks he thinks you're sleeping harsh. too much, and it's going to lead to the. Uh, this goes back to the Granado conversation I, that you used in. I put in a, I put that kid to bed every night. I can sleep in sometimes. Yes, D'Amico's doesn't think so. Um, this one was about blankers. We knew blank was going to be gone today. We got the wrong music playing, don't we? Here, oh, that's right. We, we got we supposed to have the mean text music going. That's my bad. Uh, this one was about uh, about blankers here. We knew blank was going to be gone today, and we were excited not to hear that goofy opening. But alas, we had to have one anyways. Horrible. You guys always do it when I'm gone. That is true. Yeah, Beard did it. That is true. Beard did it. How do you do? Not well. Oh, yeah. No, no. He thought it was good too. He did. He's he like, did. I finally well, got first it of all, time out. Wait, this is this is news breaking. He thought something he did was good. You mean like his Dirk Nowitzki step back jumper, his threes, his weightlift? Oh no, stop! What? He's taking Dirk Nowitzki step back threes? Oh, he's deadly. Just ask him. <laughs> he's got his basketball shoes. I don't know if you know it in the, in the trunk of the car. Takes them everywhere. Well, you have to be ready for a pickup game. I mean, that's what BK used to say about you, that you dress ready for a pickup game every time. I do, and I don't care because I used to have to dress <laughs> up every day. Then why do you day. care about uh, no, Josh just, having shoes in the trunk? I don't care. I'm just flipping them. <laughs> My grandpa used to say that you always have to be ready to play golf just in case anybody asks. Oh, there's no doubt. His, he would keep his clubs in the, in yeah. the trunk of his car. No, 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 because like they can get stolen. Well, not in the trunk of the car. He's not back still. in the day. I mean, my grandpa was older. Okay. Like, they weren't stealing clubs from the back of trunks back in the day. And most most of the time, too, they don't steal golf clubs. 
Like, I, I had my car broken into. They stole my laptop. I had my golf clubs in them. Because, what? like, a guy that's breaking into your car is not going to, like, like carry around your golf clubs. Take it to a resale shop. Are you yeah, but they're not going to carry it down the street after they broke into your car. It's yeah. going to be a dead giveaway. Just take them out of the back. They're not in their cars when they're breaking yeah, into your cars. Don't be giving advice. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, God, jeez, just scold me. Honey Glaze Branham. Joe wouldn't be sleeping in until 7 if you had a real job. Fact. I don't have a real job. Until Honey Glaze Branham said. got real video games week. against Chewy. Joke, Joel. I don't remember who that was in relation to. Uh, Josh Allen is a beefy Philip Rivers. Damn. I think it's fair. I think I think resume-wise it may end up that way if he doesn't get a Super Bowl. Is he really beefier than Philip Rivers? He's a bigger, stronger, stronger. version of Philip yeah, Rivers. he's a little bit wider. I, I don't think. think Philip Rivers was ever accused of being in the weight room too much. Josh Allen's a pretty no. strong dude. He had too many kids. He still does. Go. He's got like 12. Yeah, they, I mean, they didn't go anywhere, Joel. <laughs> uh, I mean, you said he had too many kids. I said he still does. Uh, this one said Blank is teaching the show before years how to be a great show. That's why oh, you were oh, out oh. the other day. Somebody it said was, that you were, you were doing Joel? some mentoring. Oh. Yeah, you were, t- you were teaching the, uh, the 12 to 3 how to be a, a great show. There yeah, and, and I don't do double duty. That's the rule these days with guys on our station. Except Joe. Joe's ne- he's always working. You are directly always. responsible for the Astros hiring managers problem. So sick, you keyboard know it all. <laughs> well done, everybody. That's it for us. Great week had by all. That's it for you. Uh, oh, yeah, you had 30 minutes on 92.5. Josh, yeah. oh, I guess I should just be tossing it. Aggie basketball is coming up next on 97.5, but uh, the boys will take you the rest of the way on ESPN 92.5. So flip your dials if you want. Uh, Have a great weekend, everybody. So long, everybody. Bye.